GM, GM, welcome to another episode of Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. We are here to make sense of an on-chain world in constant transformation. I'm Jay Bird, joined by my co-host Kyle Reedhead, and we believe that Coinbase Wallet is going to change the world. That's why we're carving a path for doers to confidently build and invest in Web3. So much happening in the space. Uh, markets are crazy and so is innovation. I think we're going to talk about one of the most innovative things that I think have happened in this space to date, which is not necessarily Coinbase Wallet, but what Coinbase Wallet is enabling in terms of texting your crypto. Uh, it's literally that simple. We'll talk about the big airdrop coming today. Uh, literally, as we film right now, actually, like I need to click refresh because Gito airdrop is happening right now, which could be one of the biggest ever happened on Solana. We'll cover what's going on there. And actually, we might be covering live what's literally happening right now. Uh, speaking of craziness, Bonk has gone just absolutely bonkers. It's bigger than in terms of market cap than Pepe, which is the meme coin. Bonk is the meme coin over on Solana. So we're going to talk about Flipkart launching an L2. Flipkart, which is a big e-commerce giant in, uh, in Amazon worth something like $38 billion. That company just launched an L2 on Ethereum. Wow. So much to cover. And that's just the tip of it. There's actually so much more we're going to cover today. It's a big episode. It is a huge episode. These are the exciting weeks because not only are markets ripping, as you said, Kai, there is a lot of really exciting innovation happening. A lot of big companies joining us on chain. Before we jump in, Kai, let's take a deep breath, take a moment to share some gratitude. What are you grateful for today? Oh, I'm grateful for many things, but uh, in particular, tomorrow is my birthday when this comes out. So on Friday, this is when everyone will listen to it. It will already be my birthday. Uh, and so I'm grateful for, I'm taking the day off. So I'm actually grateful for days off, not my birthday. I don't really care about birthdays. I'm grateful for days off. You're not going to get many of these in a bull market. It's going to be a very tiring couple of years, just like it was in 2020, 2021. It's all worth it, hopefully, if you don't fuck it up. But I'm grateful to have uh, a day off. I'm going to the spa and going to spend uh, a good like five hours, get a massage, facial, which I've never done before. And then there's like a thermal spa, sauna and the cold bath, all that stuff. So I love it. You stole my gratitude, man. My gratitude is going to be you and wishing you a happy birthday. Oh, well, there you go. Thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, everybody knows now. When you guys are listening to this, Friday, December 8th is Kai's birthday. So I want everybody that listens to this to show Kai some love and show him some gratitude and send him a happy birthday note on Twitter. Follow him if you don't follow him already. You're going to want to follow him because as he said, this bull market, there's going to be a lot happening and Kai's going to make sure you guys are up to speed. So thank you. I'm thank I'm you. grateful grateful for you, Kai. Grateful for Sue and uh, your dad. That's what What's your dad? B Bill. 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 That's yeah. it. Yeah. Sue and Bill bringing into this world thirty some years ago. 30, 34, 35? I'll be thirty four. I'll be thirty four on Friday. Yeah. All right. For those of you that want to give me a birthday present, I'll make it very simple. Just subscribe or follow to this channel. If you're listening on Spotify, you subscribe. I think is what it's called. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe. Throw a comment maybe leave a, a comment on Spotify or a rating, anything that will help us in terms of the algorithms to get our content in front of more people. That's the present I'm looking for. It's free. It's easy. It takes a couple seconds of your time. Please, everyone, let's band together and uh, help Jay and I grow our podcast today. So thank you for that. I love it. I love it. Let's make sure we do that. Uh, also, exciting news this week at a Web3 Academy. Kai, we launched a new podcast show. Market Watch. Tell everybody who missed that on Wednesday what that's all about, what they can expect in the coming weeks. Yeah. So the the doer that you guys are used to is move to Tuesdays. So that'll be interviews as we normally do with founders across the Web3 space, trying to understand what businesses, business models and stuff are being built on chain that could not be built otherwise. And then Wednesdays are now Market Watch. And this is just myself. I will in the new year start to bring on other guests and analysts. But basically every uh, Wednesday, I'll be breaking down what's happening in markets. So what's happening and where I think they're going to go next. It'll be talking about macro. It'll be talking about TA. It'll be talking about fundamentals. It'll be talking a lot about what narratives are happening in the space. So if you're on Twitter, you're listening to the podcast, there's always a bunch of narratives. And I'm going to break that stuff down uh, and refer back to markets. So kind of giving you a pulse on the markets every single week. And then, of course, we'll continue to do Market Watch here, which will come up in just a second. Um, but every Wednesday, you're going to get more Market Watch stuff, which I think is going to be hopefully really cool. And if you like that, again, make sure to subscribe, make sure to follow, give us all that stuff so that we can uh, continue to grow. Wonderful. With that note, let's get into what's going on in the markets this week. 
the noise news noise, the news out of Coinbase, the Gito airdrop, and so much more coming up right before we hear a word from our sponsor. Modern newsletters are built on Paragraph. That's right. Paragraph is a brand new newsletter platform that combines the best parts of Web 2 and Web 3 to supercharge newsletters for both writers and readers. Build a community not just an audience. Paragraph uses blockchain tech to allow readers to collect and own the words that matter to them. This takes reading a newsletter to the next level. With Paragraph, readers can mint, collect, and show off quotes from their favorite newsletters. This opens new possibilities like creators sharing revenue with fans. I also love their new feature, Paragraph AI. This integrates GPT-4 natively in Paragraph create, edit, and improve your writing effortlessly with one click. And guess what? We at Web3 Academy are on board and have already moved our content over to Paragraph. We believe this is the future of newsletters because of the profound engagement it creates between creators and fans. So whether you're a creator, writer, or an avid reader, it's time to check out Paragraph and capitalize on the opportunity of being early. Welcome back. As we always do, Kai, start us off with the market watch. What's going on in the markets this week? Yeah, actually a big move in markets just before we started recording here. Not Bitcoin. Bitcoin has been is basically 0.29% of the day, so not much. Uh, although it's done great on the week since we last were on the show, it's up 15.25% on the week, uh, which is a pretty beastly week. We're sitting at 43,656 as we record today. But today, Bitcoin is not the exciting news, although it was over the weekend and earlier this week. It is actually ETH and Solana right now that are just pumping today. ETH is up 3.86% of the day and 14.35% uh, on the week. It's currently sitting at 2300 and what have we got? 2335 um, So it's looking really nice there. Uh, it was lagging a little bit, and I'll talk about that in a second compared to Bitcoin. Uh, and then if we jump over to Solana, uh, it is up 5.9% on the day, sitting at above $65. So almost at all-time highs. It might actually be all-time highs. Let's see. Not all-time highs quite yet, but getting very, very, very close. 67 is well, almost 68 is all-time highs in Solana. But that just happened this month. So sorry, yearly highs, not all-time highs. I got to make sure I don't confuse that. So anyway, things are looking good. Smart contract platforms are going off this morning for whatever reason. I don't really know why. But this is all really good news. I want to talk about the ETH BTC, BTC chart. I talked about this on the Market Watch. If you haven't watched that episode yet, I highly recommend you check it out. Probably watch it where you can also watch the video because on YouTube or on Spotify because I do go over a lot of charts. This is this sort of like seven-year wedge pattern that I've been talking about of ETH BTC, which really when it breaks either to the upside or downside is going to, I think, shed a lot of light on where this industry is heading next. I talked about how the ETH BTC number is going right to the bottom of this wedge line. If it breaks down, it confirms that that's probably bad news for ETH. It doesn't mean ETH goes down. It just means Bitcoin's really going to continue to outperform. My base case, my guess is that ETH actually shoots off this and then dominates going to the bull market as it normally does. What's interesting though, is since I recorded on Wednesday, we actually broke below that line. It's not a confirmation. It's just, it, it, this happens all the time. I mean, you can see other times where it's gone below, where it's gone above. So it's, it's not that big of a deal but we're definitely fighting close, but we've bounced, literally bounced right off of it. And now we're back up to 0 0.053, but we were down by 0 0.051, which is a little bit scary if you're holding a lot of ETH. But overall, we bounced right off it, which is quite interesting to be staying within this trend after seven years is just a little bit wild. It to be bouncing off of like this random number that you could have charted like years and years ago is just a little bit mind blowing. Again, this isn't a perfect science. We have no idea what happens here, uh, but this just helps kind of guide where we're going. Speaking of where we're going, it was funny. Last night I was having dinner uh, with my girlfriend and I think she got up to do something. I can't remember. And she came back and I was just dazed out. And she just sat down. She's like, what are you thinking about right now? And I looked at her and I was like, oh God, I don't want to admit what I'm thinking about right now. This is really weird. She's like, what is it? And I was like, well, I was thinking about what's going to happen to markets if the spot the coin ETF doesn't get approved. It's <laughs> just like, like, how? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, I was just, I was trying to figure out what I think happens there. And one of the things I was just realizing, I was like, shit, this would be really bad news. Anyway, what I was thinking is like, actually, it's not so bad. I think it gets approved, by the way, just to be, to be completely clear. But when I continue to look at macro, I continue to look and see really good things are happening. I haven't covered that. I don't think we touched too much on macro last week. 
There still isn't a lot of big news out. We have the unemployment numbers in the US comes out on Friday. So when you're listening to this, it'll already be out. And then we also have inflation numbers in the US coming out on the 12th of December. So again, no big macro news. One thing I would say is oil, which I've talked about a bunch, is now down below 70. So it's continuing to go down, which we have been mentioning for, I don't know, a while now. And I think if it crosses this line here, which is basically at $69 where it's at, I think it's got a lot of room to go down further, which this will really help inflation and continue to drive that down. So we've got good news on the, on the US oil side of things. As a result, I mean, every market is pumping right now. Like if I go through the side here, if you can see my screen, look at Google's up 5%, Amazon's up 1.5, Apple's up 1.2. These are big numbers in the traditional world. I know in crypto, you're like, whatever, 1%. This is a pretty big deal. So markets are just ripping right now. And I think we're going to get some more good numbers in terms of unemployment tomorrow and inflation next week. If we do, then I think some of this run-up that we've had in, in crypto is to do with ETF, of course. But I do think a lot of it is actually backed up by the macro. And so I don't think all this is ETF, which means it's probably not all priced in, number one. Uh, and number two, even if it doesn't happen, I think we're still in a bull market regardless. So that is what I was thinking about last night at dinner. And I feel good about markets. <laughs> That's all I got for you today on the Market Watch. Jay, any questions? My only question, I think, is going back to the ETH to BTC. Okay, so great that we look at this chart and great to know that we're still within the range. How do you use that information? So does this lead you to maybe reallocate is that where is that why you're watching this so closely yeah yeah exactly like this kind of gives us the direction of where things are going so typically in a bear market bitcoin's going to perform better than eth if you look at bitcoin dominance you see the same sort of idea but eth held up most of this bear market which is pretty good and then just at the tail uh, end here bitcoin has really started to perform well oftentimes that happens people are like shit i'm underexposed to bitcoin because i had so much eth last cycle maybe i should start buying bitcoin now what I see is if we're touching the bottoms here of this wedge, it's more than likely that this is not the time to be moving your ETH into Bitcoin, but actually the other way around. Now, I do think maybe we have one more leg down. Maybe we break it one more time when the Bitcoin spot ETF gets approved, just because there's obviously going to be excitement. People are going to buy that uh, news. It, look, even when it gets approved early Jan, it doesn't go live. So it's not like it, we're getting a bunch of inflows in that moment. But I think maybe just a quick one and then ETH really takes off from there because everyone's going to go and think, okay, well, the next move, the next trade, the next narrative is the ETH spot ETF. So who knows? Like maybe that doesn't even happen, that big leg up from Bitcoin. It's just ETH starts to rip from here. I mean, it's up 4.73% today and Bitcoin is actually down. So maybe it's already started and it bounced off that bottom line. So for me, it's now is a good time to start rotating your Bitcoin into ETH if you haven't already. Again, you don't have to do all of it. You never know. But uh, it's definitely a time to, to be rotating, in my opinion. Did, did anybody else notice that Kai just said when the spot ETF gets approved in January? Oh, exactly. sure. Didn't say if. Didn't say if. Said yeah. I love the confidence. I like exactly. the confidence. All right. Let's jump into the news. First up, I mentioned Coinbase Wallet at the beginning of the show because they just launched one of the biggest innovations that we have seen in moving money globally in, I don't know, a century, <laughs> in a long time. Let me tell you what happened. So they introduced a new feature where users can now send money on any platform by just sharing a link. So you could text, you could WhatsApp, you could Telegram, you could email, you could send it on Instagram, on Facebook, anywhere. All you need to do is share a link. This new feature reduces the fees, makes the sending money much simpler and allows you to do it globally. So let's say you want to send money to a family or a friend in another country. Instead of dealing with the complexity of routing numbers, bank account numbers, expensive wire transfers, bank fees, possibly having to go into your bank, and then waiting probably at least five days for the money to become available, now you can simply use a link from the Coinbase wallet, send it, to your friend or your family, no fees, instant settlement, boom, they've got it on their end. This is absolutely huge. So when you receive a link, let's say I send money to Kyle. When he receives the link in by text, he clicks it, it'll take him to the Coinbase Wallet app. There he can claim directly, or if he doesn't already have the Coinbase Wallet app, it'll direct him to download it, 
and then he will create a new wallet in just one click, just one click. It's that simple. And then the funds, once he's created that wallet, the funds are instantly in this wallet. And one more thing to mention is if the funds are not claimed, like let's say you sent it to somebody who doesn't know crypto very well and they weren't comfortable, they didn't claim it. Well, if they're not claimed within two weeks, they'll be automatically returned to the sender. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where I'm always looking for things that exist in on-chain that just are not possible in the Web2 world or in the off-chain world. And this is it. Like, sure, PayPal, Venmo, Revolut, they allow you to do that. But they allow you to send money instantly. I think they allow you to send it through a link as well. I'm not quite sure. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can do e-transfer different things depending on where you are. But here's the difference. One, those are within borders. So Venmo has to be only in the US is the way you can do it. Revolut is a little bit more global, but it's it's mainly Europe. PayPal, same idea. There's certain countries that can use it, certain that can't. There are fees associated with it. I think Venmo is free. The difference is when you send me this link through Coinbase Wallet and it's USDC and you text me it or you send it to me at Instagram DM, whatever, and I click, I don't have to go and sign up in KYC it for a certain platform. If I have a Coinbase Wallet, I connect it. If I don't have a Coinbase Wallet, I just click download. I go to my Android. Like if I have an Android, I can download the Android store. If I have an Apple iPhone, I download it right there. And I don't need the KYC. It's right. It's a self-custodial wallet that I'm downloading and boom, the money's in there. Right. And then you can go from Coinbase to PayPal. You can go from Coinbase, I think using MoonPay to like normal fiat banks. Like you can then take it anywhere you want it from there. Plus you can go interact with apps, whatever. And you don't need a KYC. You don't need to get like approved. You don't need permission to accept this. You can do this with anyone in the world. We have never seen that. And that is simply just not possible with Web2 Rails. So this is massive. Really, really smart play by Coinbase. I think their wallet probably takes off here, though I'm sure, I don't know actually how quickly other wallets will do this. There are others out there like Beam that exists where you can do something very similar to this, but you got to use this like Beam token. It's a little bit more confusing. Coinbase has it all figured out, right? Because you can you can download that wallet and then you can do everything from within that wallet. And then you can also take it out to the fiat world. You can move it to the Coinbase exchange. You can use Coinbase commerce and like pay employees. You can use so much within that Coinbase ecosystem. And this really reminds me of Coinbase. Coinbase is the Apple of crypto. That's what I see. And I've talked about how bullish I am on Coinbase. I talked about it actually in the last market watch, watch session. And if you haven't seen that, you know, check it out because I talk about kind of some numbers of Coinbase there, but Everything they're doing is just so bullish. I think this is one of the greatest innovations that we have to date. This is the dream of what Satoshi wanted was crypto payments. And this is now you can literally do that for free to anyone in the world. It's incredible. I have a couple of takes on this. One, I completely agree with everything you're saying, Kai. One is people don't realize yet what it is like to send money on blockchain rails. Yeah. Because very few people have experienced it. Uh, once you experience it, you will never do it any other way again. The only you reason- You want to do it any other way again. Yeah, yeah. You you, not if you don't have to. The only reason that that people aren't doing it yet is there's just not enough people on chain using wallets, but it's very, yes. very simple. It's coming. It's it's inevitable. It is the way that we- I think about Jack, my son who's six months old. When he is 20 and mm-hmm. he's first sending money- He's going to be like, you used to send money. How? What? Yeah, right. like, this is all he will know. And, it, and it's not just Coinbase that's going to enable this. This will be available. Everybody will, will enable this over time. The interesting thing to me about this is Coinbase is so incredible with their timing. You got to give a shout out to their team that they're master marketers. And this is why, as App, as has App, as Kai said, they are the Apple of crypto because look at this timing. They're launching this new feature right at the beginning of this bull market when they know that there will be a lot more on-chain activity. And as a result of that, they're now saying, okay, hey, everybody who has money on-chain, send it to your friend or your family who doesn't yet have a Coinbase wallet. And this is going to lead a lot of people to download Coinbase wallets, I believe. So great marketing tactic as well. The other reason I think this is such a big deal for adoption is like, it's tougher to get people to go and trade something like Bitcoin and ETH that is very volatile, but this is just the US dollar. And so like, they don't even really need to know, or like, they won't really have to figure any of that stuff out. Like 
even then to get into the ecosystem, let's say you do all of a sudden then learn about crypto. The one issue that always happens is if you don't have ETH in your wallet or Matic in your wallet or Soul in your wallet, you can't transact on those chains. But what Coinbase Wallet has also done is allows you to use your USDC to pay gas. So you transfer this over on base and you use your USDC to pay for the gas and all of a sudden you can start to buy NFTs and do other things. And you never had to go and like, one, you never had to go and get Coinbase and actually like move fiat into crypto and get ETH. You can just do it all this way. So just, yeah, there's just so much from this. I think this is just massive, massive, but let's move on. So that's not the only thing that Coinbase launched recently. Uh, yeah, you took a deep <laughs> breath there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, was sure I took a deep breath and I'm excited. Uh, so the Gito airdrop just happened today, this morning. Actually, as soon as we clicked uh, record, I've literally been trying to sell a little bit of my, uh, my Gito while we're on air here. But anyway, Coinbase is starting to become more friendly to, I mean, they've always been friendly, I think. On Twitter, people think Coinbase hates Solana. It's not true just because they launched an L2 on Ethereum, which we'll talk about why they did that in a second when we talk about other L2s. But Coinbase has added support for Gito, which is a brand new soul token that just launched today, which is a pretty big deal. Coinbase doesn't usually add support like immediately. But anyway, if you swapped your soul into Gito Soul, which is the Lido version of Solana, let's say you may be eligible for an airdrop. It's now open today. It's currently trading at like a buck 50, which means people were airdropped $5,000 plus. I was on the lowest tier I got 4,900 and whatever 40 tokens, which is currently worth about $8,000 US, which is absolutely insane. Now I can't sell it because it's not working. I don't know why, but it's absolutely wild. This is one of the biggest airdrops ever, at least on Solana it is for sure. We'll see where things go. I think the market cap of Gito is currently around like 200 million or something like that. So a pretty big deal. There's a lot of opportunity in the Solana ecosystem. This is why I want to bring this up. What's happening right now, Why you probably heard the, the Pyth one happened a couple weeks ago. There's Jupiter that's launching theirs. And there's like, if you're on Twitter, everyone's talking about this. The reason that Solana tokens or Solana projects and applications are, de- are launching tokens right now is because they need to decentralize. You don't decentralize when your, app, your applications have no money in it and it's not really doing anything, no users, right? But all of a sudden, we're getting an ecosystem that's growing. There are now users in Solana. There's liquidity moving there. And so a lot of these applications have millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of liquidity. And so it's important at that point, you start to decentralize. You wouldn't want the government to come shut you down, et cetera. So dro- launching a token is a way to decentralize because you decentralize the governance of the system itself. And so that's what's happening is all of these applications, DeFi protocols mainly, are now launching tokens so that they can decentralize the protocols. The same thing happened in 2020 with Ethereum. Ethereum started to gain some liquidity and pick up early 2020. And so Uniswap decentralized by launching a token and a bunch of others followed. And if you were early playing around with those things, you made a lot of money. I made 20K plus in 2020, 2021 with ENS and Uniswap and Optimism and Arbitrum and blah, 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 so on and so forth. There's so many. And so the nice thing about Solana right now, though, is there's a lot of people just still not on Solana in the ecosystem. Like a lot of the Ethereum people still haven't moved over there. So like this Gita one, the reason it's so big is there was only 10,000 people that got that were a part of this. 10,000, that's it. And they were dropping 10% of all their tokens. And so I think it was 10%, something like that. And so that's a lot that goes to just 10,000 people. And so if you were one of those, you could make some really, really good money. And this is true more. Now it's going to pick up this all over Twitter. I mean, we're talking about it. A bunch of podcasts are talking about it. It's like this opportunity is not going to be around forever. I would assume that there's going to be more airdrops, but they're going to be worth less and less as we go along. So just be aware of that if you're looking to do this. There's no reason you should not be farming some of these drops right now, which when I say farm, it's just go try some of this stuff, play around, learn about lending, learn about borrowing, learn about staking. That's all I did. I just, I just staked some soul. That's it. And I'm getting this Gito airdrop. So it's, it's pretty simple. We've got an article coming out, I believe Friday morning with some more opportunities on potential Solana airdrops. So if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, the link is in the show notes below, go subscribe to that. It's free. I think we're sharing like six or seven different ones that you can fire right now and how to. So it's pretty simple, pretty easy. But the other thing was we've always talked about airdrops and how like we weren't sure if they're a good thing, if they're a bad thing. And the interesting thing is in a bear market, they're not a good thing because there's no demand. And so people just sell your tokens right away. In bull markets, it's a little bit different. Look, these tokens that they're driving right now are, I don't want to say useless, but they're just governance tokens. And we don't know one cares about governance. We've learned that over the years and we've talked tons about that on this podcast. But what do people care about in a bull market? Speculation. And when there's new shiny tokens on the market, what do people do? They buy the new shiny tokens. And so when you launch tokens now, even if they're governance that don't do anything for most people that aren't going to govern this, these protocols, 
people want to speculate on them. And so like Pyth, for example, that launched a couple of weeks ago is already up over like 650 million market cap. So like if you bought the airdrop, you gained. That hasn't happened for the last year and a half, two years, right? So it's a whole different market now, a whole different vibe. And so airdrops are worth a lot of money now. They were before because immediately you drop and they go down to like nothing. Now they go up, which is crazy. So anyway, just something to be aware of as you do this. And, and one reason we know that we're in this sort of bull run speculation phase is, well, if we look at Bonk, which is the meme coin of the Solana ecosystem, you can think of it like the, I don't know, maybe the Pepe of, of Ethereum, but not even, I'd probably say the Shib of Ethereum or the Doge from just the crypto world back in the day. This thing is just a meme coin. It doesn't do anything, but it's sort of the meme of the Solana ecosystem, which Look, as much as Jay and I don't care about these things, some people do. And we know that this industry is full of DGENs, especially right now. And so this token has gone absolutely insane. Bach is now up over $620 million market cap. It's up 163% in the last seven days, 32% in the last 24 hours. It's just next level. Now, I'm not saying that you should go in on that. But what I am saying is that signals, okay, we're in a bull market, at least in the Solana ecosystem, but I think we are kind of everywhere. But the Solana one is just like on a whole other level right now. So there's just a lot happening. And if you don't have capital playing around in that space, you're really, really missing out. So I can't stress it enough. Though what I would say is be careful. I think we're nowhere near the top of the cycle, but you definitely get tops of narratives. You get tops of meme coins and then it moves on to something else, so on and so forth. And so you want to look for when things get too bullish and too euphoric, it's probably not the time to be entering. And if you're on Twitter right now, everyone is talking about Bach. So much so that there was a tweet that I screenshotted here, as you can see on our screen, it says, yo, Coinbase, list Bach, and I'll get a nice visible Coinbase tattoo. You can even pick the spot and size within reason. That's euphoria. That's someone who's making money on Bach and is losing their mind. And I think tattoos are a clear top signal. There was a bunch of people that got Terra Luna tattoos in 2022. And a couple months later, it collapsed to zero. So if you see a bunch of people running around getting tattoos, especially if it's a meme coin, I probably wouldn't be buying that thing. That's my analysis. <laughs> it's a, that's the, the signal versus noise advice there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Set your uh, Twitter feed to look, search for tattoo and crypto, and, <laughs> and you'll know when to sell. Maybe add Steve Aoki in there too on the internet. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and you'll be all good. Okay, let's go from uh, Spilana to cross-chain swaps. Big announcement here match a new cross-chain swap mechanism has launched, which is going to allow you to directly swap tokens across seven chains. Let me pull it up here, Kai, and we can show people who are watching on YouTube uh, and walk people through how easy and simple this is. Okay, so here I've got it up. You can see here, you can select a token. They have seven chains here. They have ETH, Polygon, Arbitrum, Base, OP, and Binance. And you there's more like avalanches on there too. And there's a few others. That's just a few of them. Yeah. Phantom, yeah. CeeLo. So it's not just L2s. This is l one as well. And you can pick any token, it would seem, that are on yep. these chains and swap directly to another chain. So you could swap from Bonk on Solana to Pepe on ETH. Not, <laughs> not sure why you would the, do that. The but DJ but. swap. Well, you can't. Solana's not actually on this one yet, but I'm sure they will be. But the same idea of any other meme coin at any other chain. The, the cool thing about this is a few things. There's no bridge here, right? Bridges are the big problem. Not necessarily from L2 to L2. Those are fine because they're secured and settled by the same settlement layer, Ethereum. And so those are fine. It's the bridges that go from L1 to L1, where you're literally taking one asset, putting it in this like honeypot where anyone can hack into. And most bridges have been hacked since the beginning, really. Those are not things that I would necessarily want to use, but this is more like a, think of like how Uniswap works, where there's liquidity pools and you move from one to the other. There's no actually like asset just kind of sitting somewhere. That's what this is. And so you don't need a bridge. And then also you can just swap from one to the other and you get the native token. The other. It's not a wraps token, like what you used to get if you use bridges. And then what's really cool about this is you can use, and you can swap from one token to any other token all in one go. So you're going from one exchange to the other and also one token to the other, all in one shot. And this just is something like one, we don't really have a ton of. Thorchain is the other example of this. That's like the OG that's done this for a while in terms of like getting Bitcoin over to Ethereum, et cetera, which was a massive breakthrough. And now that Matcha is opening it up to more platforms. 
Uh, I don't know a ton about the security of much yet, so I'm not saying go use this a ton. But ultimately, once you've used it, as long as you have your tokens on the other side, you're all good. There's You're not holding any money in a bridge, which is the key, key, key security risk. And so this is what's really going to fix the UX of this ecosystem because obviously we are living in a multi-chain world. Those are going to be many L2s. There are going to be multiple L1s. I don't think it's necessarily many, but maybe. And there's liquidity on all of them. And we want to be able to allow you to go from one chain to the other without having to use a centralized exchange. If you think about it right now, what's crazy is Every time you've ever wanted to move Bitcoin into any other currency, whether that's fiat or ETH or whatever, you've had to use a centralized exchange every single time. There has been no trades on Bitcoin to get to another asset that has not used a centralized third party, which is crazy because Bitcoin's whole premise was this sort of decentralized permissionless thing. You've always had to ask permission to get or to get out of Bitcoin. Thorchain has changed that. Matcha has also changed that, not for Bitcoin, but for other chains that are on there. So it's a pretty big deal. And eventually what will happen is this will go under the layer and get abstracted away. And so you'll just go to buy X token inside of your app and then Matcha or whatever will be underneath. And it'll just take your assets from one chain, swap it to the other token, and then you'll just get the token all in one shot. You didn't have to think about like going over to Matcha, bridging, like swapping over to another chain, all that kind of stuff. It'll just do it all in one motion for you. And then that's when right now people are all complaining about L2s and it's, oh, you're fragmenting liquidity. That'll all get abstracted away. It won't be an issue. Just we need things like this, like matcha to exist before we can do that. Yeah, super exciting. I mean, we just desperately need this. It makes everything so much more simple for all the UX. So shout out to matcha and the team. Excited to see people use that. Well, let's switch from that to more exciting news. Huge innovation. Helium Mobile has launched a $20 per month nationwide plan phone plan that is available all across America. So in the US right now, the average American spends $157 per month on their cell phone plan. Now with Helium, you can get a cell phone plan for $20 a month. We talked about Helium back in the summer when they launched their pilot program in Miami, which was actually a $5 per month plan. And if you're in Miami, you can still get that plan. They're still offering that pilot plan. But we knew that wasn't sustainable and that $5 per month was not going to be the long term. They were just really looking to get people onto the network in order to start to test and experiment. That apparently went really well. And now they have this nationwide plan for $20. How do they do this? Well, they do it through their own network that they have built by people, regular people like you and I, offering hotspots. So anybody can go and buy a hotspot rig and set it up in your house and you can take your internet and then put it onto the Helium network and offer up your internet to make some tokens. You get paid out in Helium tokens and then you provide cell phone service across America. So this is the idea of decentralizing cell phone service rather than just having a few companies that own all the infrastructure for cell phone service. Okay, let's get it into the hands of the many and allow them to offer it. This will do two things. One, it should get more service in rural areas. So long, obviously, as Helium can get people in rural areas to do this, to offer this up. And if incentives are there, I think people will. And the other thing it'll do is it'll bring down the cost of cell phone plans, which we desperately need because the average American should not be spending $157 US for a cell phone. That's crazy. It's so much cheaper when you go to other countries. This is why I love living in like Nicaragua and stuff. It's like 20 bucks and you get limited everything, if that. And so this is obviously a big disruptor for the industry. It's not fully like a lot of it probably for now is you're going to need to use T-Mobile, I think is their backup in case there isn't a, a hotspot where you are, you, you use T-Mobile. So I would imagine that's quite expensive for Helium for now, but I think their hope is that they can get more people to come and um, run these hotspots. But this is one of those things that can only exist on chain and in fact, actually only exists on Solana currently. And that's because you have crypto incentives. People wouldn't run these hotspots unless you can pay them. And so when they run these, they get paid in the Helium token, which is, I think we were looking earlier, it's up a ton today as a result of this. Yeah, up 38% uh, so, right now. Yeah, 38%, yeah. Just basically off this news probably, but you can't set this sort of system up without crypto incentives. The ability to like stream payments, which is exactly what's happening here. So really cool. And then just there's so much, so many transactions happening from this that you can't really do anywhere else other than Solana, which is the old marketing campaign only possible on Solana. 
Way to go, Solana. Way to go, Helium. Shout out to that. If any of our listeners have the Helium mobile plan, would love to hear from you and learn about what it's like to use. Please reach out to us. Maybe we can uh, chat and get some insider information from you. Neither Kai or I are in the US. Otherwise, I'm sure we would be getting this. Okay, let's go to the next story, which is switching from mobile service to stable coins. Societe Generale, which is a very nice bank. Nice pronunciation, Jay. Did, did I get that right? It's a French lending bank. Forgive me, the French, the Europeans, if I pronounce that wrong. Is it a French lending bank that is the first big bank to list a stable coin? So they actually are launching their own stable coin. It's called Your Convertible, and they're launching it on Bitstamp. So this is the first major bank to offer digital tokens on a exchange, on a crypto exchange. Uh, big news, this is an Ethereum-based stablecoin. And the reason- It's a Euro stablecoin, not a US one, right? It's a Euro? It's a Euro, yeah. Yeah, track it's a Euro. Euro, tied to the Euro. And the reason that they're doing this is we've talked a lot about TradFi and what they are doing on blockchain, and they're doing a lot. We just don't get it as much in our news circles because most of what they're doing is not for retail. It's not for consumers. Most of what TradFi is doing with blockchain right now is to offer blockchain rails to their institutional clients to just basically make moving money easier, cheaper, faster. And so that's exactly what Society of General is doing here is they're offering this stable coin so that their institutional clients who are moving hundreds of millions of euros from around the world in order to operate their business so that they can do it easier by using a stable coin. Uh, they launched it on Monday, and as part of the test, one of their uh, clients, which is AXA, which is a, uh, a large asset management company that has an insurance company, uh, and they bought 5 million euros worth of tokenized green bonds using this stable coin on Monday. So you can see already institutional clients using this. And yeah, it's great to see that these large banks understand, they clearly understand the need and the use case of stable coins. Who wouldn't want to send money in an easier, faster, cheaper way? Kai, my question here is, will every bank launch their own stable coin? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't see why not, other than you get a big sort of mix of liquidity, I guess, but it, there's, there's really no harm to it. It's a great business model, right? Anyone who gives a dollar, you give them a dollar back, and then you put that into, tre into treasuries. So it, it makes sense. It's already the business model of banks, right? Is to do that, just not give them a stable coin. It's just give them a, a digital dollar in their bank account, right? So instead, now you put it on chain. What I think really happens though, is I think every bank launches an L2. I think they start to take Coinbase's playbook. Now, why? Everyone's like, well, there's so many L2s, it's fragmenting liquidity, blah, blah. First of all, all that gets fixed. Well, we already talked about like matcha and stuff. That's going to fix the, the liquidity fragmentation side of things. But the reason that I think they all launch an L2 is it's very obvious that on-chain is better than online. You just explained why that is, right? It's, that's true for everyone. And so you're going to want to bring your customers to the best places, right? Whether it's you transacting as the bank on-chain or it's allowing your customers to transact on-chain because that's where the best, most global, uh, best rates, all these things are for financial services. So of course you want that money to move on-chain. You even want your customers to move on-chain to do things. Now you want them to do them within your financial services. You think right now, like your bank account, you go online banking and you have a bunch of financial services. You can take out loans, you can get a credit line, you can get a mortgage, you can invest, et cetera. They want them to do that in your app. Well, it's very obvious that more and more people are going to do that on chain and not online, right? And so right now, what is the funnel happening of money? People are going from their banks to Coinbase to on-chain and it never leaves that. It stays in Coinbase or on-chain, right? Unless they got to like pay for some things. But for the most part, it's staying there. It's like a black hole sucking in capital. And this is going to happen more and more after every single cycle. And banks obviously see this. This is why they're all trying to get involved in crypto right now. And so what banks need to do is they need to become the bridge from fiat to on-chain, right? And so again, that's what Coinbase was. And so sure, every bank could do the Coinbase side of thing of, hey, we can allow you to buy ETH and whatever, stable coins and whatever, and move on chain. But that's not enough for them. They don't really want you to go on chain without using their services. So how do you control that? What did Coinbase do? They launched Base and now they have services on there. Other people can build on top of that as well. And then they can push you on the chain and they can make a profit off of you doing your own financial services or doing them for you because every transaction 
pays base, right? And so why wouldn't every bank do that? They either, here's their options. They can use, a, they have to use a layer two. They're not gonna use an L1 for this long-term. And so they can either pay optimism or arbitrum or base, and they take the cut of the extra that is, so you pay a fee, fee on L2s, part of it has to go to Ethereum, and then you take the, the rest, right? So they can either do that and let optimism take it, or it's very easy to launch your own L2 now with the OP stack, et cetera. And so they launch their own L2 and then they make the money on all the transactions that happen on there. And now they actually are happy to push you on chain. And so what I'm thinking happens is every bank launches their own L2, whether they launch stablecoin and tokens, probably. I think every bank now becomes their own little crypto ecosystem, but they're not going to do that on Solana. They're not going to do that on Avalanche. They're going to do that on somewhere where they don't have to build their own blockchain because they know they can't do that. And that's just insane. But they'll do it on L2 because that makes no sense. Or maybe like Cosmos, whatever. They'll do something where it exists for them to have their own chain where they can profit from it and have their own sovereignty from it. Whereas I don't think they'll go use other chains like Optimism or like Solana, whatever, right? Like I don't think they'll use someone else's execution layer. I think they'll use their own and then they'll build whatever they want on top of that. And I think it goes bigger than just banks. I think we'll start to see this. And actually, I think the next news we're going to talk about is this. I think you'll see this with every platform business out there. Banks are platforms, right? They want you to do things on top of their thing. Same with Amazon, e-commerce, Shopify. These are all Apple. Like These are all platforms. And when everything goes on chain, they're going to want you to be on their platform. And so you can think of L2s as just like platform forms for any single use case that exists. And so I think it goes bigger than just banks. And so what's this news? This will actually, uh, this will sh showcase this for us. Yeah, so news out of the Polygon ecosystem, Flipkart, which is the largest e-commerce uh, platform in India, and also one of the largest payment companies in India, is launching an ecosystem chain using the Polygon CDK. So huge news, Flipkart is, a $38 billion company. They are invested in by Walmart, Ubisoft, and many others. And what are they doing? They want to be on the forefront of Web3 and they want to be ahead of the curve and they want to make sure that they can do things on chain within the Flipkart ecosystem, but they can do it on their own L2, which means a, it's a revenue source for them, and B, they have somewhat control over the way that the their users interact within that chain's ecosystem, incentives, the way that they can market to them, the way they, they can grow that chain, the way they can incentivize merchants and other vendors to come into the Flipkart ecosystem. It really is, I think this, this concept of platforms launching their own L2, as you've just been talking about, Kai, is really the future. And we're going to see more and more companies like Flipkart doing this. And just huge news, $38 billion company is launching their own L2 on Polygon. Whoa. Yeah, that's that was Jay and I just where we were like, who's Flipkart? And then we asked some of our team is, is from India and they were like, oh yeah, it's it's this e-commerce giant, whatever. And we were looking up how big they are. It's $38 billion company just launched an L2. And I was like, whoa. That, I mean, like Coinbase would be the biggest company to ever launch an L2. I mean, I guess they're now about 38 million uh, or 38 billion with their market cap, but that's only happened in the last like two weeks because they've blown up. Before that, they were on like 10. They're also a crypto company. I think this would be the first multi-billion dollar non-crypto company to launch an L2, I think. But anyway, it's a big deal. And I, I think people are really, I'm surprised. We've talked about L2s for so long and I think the buzz around Solana has got people so excited that everyone's like, oh, the L2s are all trash now. And I just, I think... People are missing it. I think every every big company is going to launch an L2 and control their own little ecosystem. Well, here, here's a good one for you, Kai. When will Starbucks launch their own L2? L2? Yeah, very interesting. I don't know. There's two, I just sort of got this idea of all these companies launching L2s. I need to think through it more. Then maybe we'll do a deep dive on it or something. Okay, let's keep rolling along for today's news because we still got more to get through. OK Bears has partnered with Zara. OK Bears one of the leading PFP collections on Solana, which did very well during the last bull market, actually, and now has been pumping again because every NFT on Solana is pumping right now as a result of all the liquidity coming in the space. you got so many new rich people, rich DJs, and what do they do? They go buy luxury goods, they go buy NFTs, 
So, okay, Bears is pumping. And this is a huge partnership. Zara, one of the largest fashion retailers in the world, over, I think, 3,000 stores. But in this partnership, you can see up on screen here, there's going to be t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, hats, all available using the OK Bears IP. It'll be available in over 1,100 Zara stores across 74 countries. My guess is this is a licensing deal, very similar to the Pudgy Penguins business model. You develop an IP that people love, that people want, they want to wear it, they want to associate with it. And then you do partnership deals with various brands that have reach that sell products and sell goods. Zara obviously has a massive reach to sell fashion and you do a partnership with them where Zara is basically going to either pay a licensing fee to OK Bears or they're going to pay a royalty fee or a combination of both. The way these licensing deals works out is different each case, but it's going to huge for OK Bears, huge shout out to OK Bears. This is the type of deal that we love to see because this is going to funnel revenue to OK Bears, not just from selling more NFTs, but from an actual product that people want, helps OK Bears build their business, make it more sustainable. And also, if you're an NFT holder of an OK Bear, this is great for you too. You're not going to see direct money come from this because you obviously don't get royalties when OK Bears does a partnership like this. But I'll tell you what, if more and more people are wearing OK Bears, well, I'll tell you, they're, they're going to want the NFT they're going to want the PFP because they're going to want to associate with that brand that has more popularity, more clout, more people care about it. And it opens the door for OK Bears to do more partnerships and eventually include some sort of wealth or different things. But like you've got to build a business first and your first partnership with a big brand is not that. This is just the foot through the door, right? That said, it's very good to see and very cool to see NFT, some NFT companies actually like fulfilling what they said they would years ago in the in the last bull market. Not many of them have, have they? There's just a few that really turn these things into real like brand IP type businesses. And you just, you love to see it because at least we can show like, hey, this stuff actually did work. Not many of them out of the thousands that were launched. There's just a few, but that's very typical of any new business model and any new type of business. But just good to see some of these like really making it. Love it. I bought none of them, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't, I don't know is, if that was, that's not a very yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. But you know what sucks is early on Pudgy Penguins, when we started to see, oh, like they're actually launching things, they're doing things, and there wasn't, they still didn't pump, but we covered everything Pudgy Penguins is doing, and Pudgy Penguins now over like 10 ETH floor, and it was, I think, a couple ETH, if that, when we were talking about Yeah, it was, them it was like two or three ETH. Yeah, and we even debated on buying one, and I was like, I just don't really want to buy any FTs, but like, I was like, if I did, that would be the one, and- too bad. Too bad. So sad. Sorry, you got 10 grand in the Jito airdrop and <laughs> staking. Cry me a river guy. Okay. Next up, this isn't the biggest news, but I, I, I always, we always really try to cover a few different types of news on the show. And one of the categories that we always try to cover is free and simple ways that you as a user can just experience on chain more. And maybe even get some rewards for it. And so this is one of those examples. Sound XYZ has partnered with Coinbase. And through this partnership, they're doing a first ever on-chain music quest. And if you participate, you can earn OP tokens as a reward. So it's pretty simple. There's five tracks that they've picked from five prominent leading on-chain musicians. And if you go collect one of their songs, then you can earn OP tokens as rewards. Very simple quest. Quests are obviously a very popular marketing tactic in crypto and in Web3. And right now, if you're listening to music, which I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast listens to music, you should go try Sound or Audius, or we're not partnered with any of these apps. I want to be clear here. I'm not pumping any of our sponsors or anything like that. I'm saying this because we all listen to music and you need to go at least experience on-chain music so you can see what it's all about, so you can be early and you can be prepared. Not that there's going to be some big financial or speculative opportunity in on-chain music, more so that these are the use cases for on-chain that are going to bring billions in. This is what is going to bring a new person on chain. Not every person in the world is going to invest in Bitcoin and invest in a token. 
a lot of people just love to listen to music. And oh, wow, by listening to music in an on-chain way, it's going to change my relationship with the artist. It's going to give me access to that artist in a different way. Maybe I can purchase tickets earlier. These are all the things that are coming down the road and you want to be ahead of that. And hey, if you go do this quest right now in Coinbase, then you could make some money too in the form of OP tokens. Yeah. And I mean, look, sound doesn't have a token yet. So maybe one day they did. Maybe you're actually your truck. But anyway, the other reason you should do this is we talk all the time about how the way we use crypto now is not how we're going to use it in the future. And what I mean is all the blockchain stuff will get abstracted away, bridging, crypto in general, like most of that stuff's getting abstracted away. If you want to see, there's not many apps that have done this already, but there's a couple and sound is one of them. And so if you want to see the future of how apps that are on chain will work and function, go use sound. When people complain about fragmented and bridging and fragmented liquidity and like having all these chains and whatever, and trying to deal with the signing transactions, blah, 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 go use Coinbase wallet and use sound or don't even use Coinbase wallet. Just go sign up to sound and just see what you end up doing. You don't even have to think about crypto once. It's each sign up with email, use credit card if you want. You can use crypto if you want and connect in a wallet if you have one. It's an incredible experience. And this is more along the lines of what where all apps will go in the future. They're not all there yet. And again, what we do, if you're airdrop farming right now and you're using these DeFi stuff, like this is not the world that we will live in in three years from now. Sound is. And so I highly recommend you go check that out. Okay. Time for our newest segment, my favorite part of the show. This segment is called Agree, Disagree, or Explain. I'm going to pull up some headlines from the past week and we're going to either agree, disagree, or explain them to you. Let's start off with a big one. Bloomberg says that this is the start of a fresh crypto super cycle that will push Bitcoin above $500,000. Do I agree with that? A super cycle. Okay, so a super cycle, for those that don't know, every cycle, there are people that say this is the super cycle, which means there is no more bear market. It's just up only for like years and years and years, which is to be fair, these do happen. Like the tech industry, this happened from like 2005, like after the dot-com bust really it went straight after, well, I guess after the financial crisis, 2008, all the way until like 2020, we didn't really have much of a bear market at all. If you held Amazon, Apple, any of these, it was just up and up and up, but you had a couple big cycles before that. And so a lot of people are thinking that crypto is going to have the same sort of thing. We have these huge cycles. And then once you sort of go mainstream, it's just sort of an up and up and up and up and up thing. And that's what they're calling the super cycle. Do we have the super cycle right now? I don't know. The one thing that leads me to think like potentially, at least leads me to think like we have a lot smaller bear markets than we used to is the ETF is just, I don't think people realize how big of a deal it is because there's so many people that have been on the sidelines that just have not been able to buy this stuff. And a lot of financial advisors have not been able to recommend it because they can't ask you to go get a Coinbase account, they want you to buy ETFs. ETFs is like everything in the financial world. And so pension plans, like big funds, et cetera, like these things, they they just allocate through ETFs and they'll put like, you know, 1% in this industry or 5% in this industry. They've never been able to allocate to crypto. And so with these ETFs, you now get like trillions of dollars that can put 1%, 5%. And you have an army of financial advisors all over the US that are going to promote this stuff it's just, it's such a big pipe that's opening. Plus at the same time that we have like real use cases, I don't know. Do I think we have 500,000? Actually, when I did the price predictions report a couple weeks ago in pro, that was part of the range. That's a lot though. It's a big market cap. Like we're getting close to, I think it's a 10 trillion market cap for Bitcoin if we reach that. So I don't know. I mean, your, your range in the price prediction report from a few weeks ago was 180, 188K to 1.2 million, I believe, if I remember yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. But like those were just ranged based off some chart stuff that I did and based off like historicals and patterns and things. So like I don't actually predict the 1 million Bitcoin this cycle by any means. And also this was predictions that are happening by 2025, which of course, if we go super cycle, it's much longer than that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's too early for me to say. I can't agree, but I can't disagree. Well, then you explained. Then you explained. We appreciate the explanation. And and just on that note, if you want to understand how these prices can be predicted, 
look, we're not, we don't have a crystal ball, but we can use on-chain tools and technical analysis to predict prices. And Kyle wrote a great report on price prediction for BTC, for ETH, and for Seoul. We'll throw the link in the show notes. If you want to subscribe to Web3 Academy Pro, you can read that report. Bonk to 500K. Super sad. <laughs> Disagree. Disagree. Okay, next. Jamie Dimon, the head of JP Morgan, went before a Senate banking committee hearing and strongly criticized crypto, particularly Bitcoin. Let me see, read you what he said here. He said, I've always been deeply opposed to crypto, Bitcoin, etc. The only true use case for it is criminals, drug tra traffickers, money launderers, and tax avoidance. If I were the government, I'd close it down. Do I Before you say it in the time, I, let me let me bring up let me bring up a take here. So then there was many, many takes to this. Chris Berniski said, and this is one of the best takes we saw. Dear Jamie and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren was the leader of this Senate committee hearing. He said, just as VOIP allowed that's voice over IP or voice over internet protocol, allowed anyone in WhatsApp, et cetera. Yeah. Allowed anyone anywhere to call anyone else anywhere else at zero cost, so too will MOIP or money over internet protocol allow for inst for the instant and free transfer of value. While you and your cronies may be upset about not controlling it and thereby falsely claiming it's only good for criminals, we know better. MOIP is the future. Sincerely, your internet friends. <laughs> now that's what I agree with. By the way, I love that take. I had never heard of it that way. I don't think anyone has ever explained it that way. So this is why I was like, we need to talk about this one. First of all, I would say to Jamie Diamond and his crew, good luck because they can't shut it down. So it doesn't matter what they want. It's not going to happen. And number two, that would be a terrible idea uh, for many reasons. And then number three, he's completely wrong. It's not just used for, it's actually a terrible thing to use for tax avoidance because you can literally take someone's wallet, plug it into a thing and boom, you can see all the trades they've ever made and it's open, transparent. So like, it's actually going to help them with taxes. You can also automate it all. So there's a lot this will do to help that. They don't like that it's not part of sanctions and it's not part of what's the like SWIFT and all these things where they can control how money is moved. But too bad, so sad. We don't want them to control it. And, and again, it's decentralized. There's nothing to do about it. But I love this idea of money over internet protocol, which is exactly what it is, right? You think of Ethereum, Solana, these are internet protocols that facilitate the movement of money, the movement of value. And don't just think currencies as in like, your fiat currencies, but of anything, right? This is what NFTs are, et cetera. And this is allows you to do it without anyone like permissionlessly and super cheap, basically free. And you can do it anywhere. There's no borders in the way. Exactly what VOIP, which we all know of with Skype and WhatsApp and FaceTime, where you can just call anyone, just you need some data and you can call anyone you want for as long as you want from wherever you want. It's not like using your SIM card where you're like, you need to get a phone number in a specific jurisdiction and there's long distance charges. Like you don't get that on VOIP. And it's just such a great comparison and just like mental framework to understand what crypto really is. That's just imagine what happens when you have this money over internet protocol. I mean, we already are imagining it, but it, it's such a great take. I love it. So I agree with Chris. I, I also, I got to say here, it's just so hypocritical for Jamie Dimon to say things like this. Right. Like I get that he needs to present this He's doing this for PR, right? He he has very clearly been instructed by his team and they have decided we want to stand, make this stance as our narrative is we are against crypto because I guess that's what he believes is going to help their business and that's what their customers want to hear. But he has a chain. There's JP Morgan coin. He has his own dollars. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at the same time, JP Morgan is actively <laughs> doing a lot on chain. They have right. their own token, JP Morgan Coin, which we've talked about in the past right. and does heavy, heavy transaction volume currently. It's an institutional-based coin, very similar to what Society General is doing, of just allowing for their institutional clients to transfer money on-chain cheaper. So like JP Morgan is actively using blockchain. Also, JP Morgan is the second highest find bank in the last 20 right. years. JP Morgan, let me find this number here. Quickly. Well, look at this tweet right under here while you look up that, Jay. While you look it up, I'll just throw this. This So right underneath Chris's tweet, someone goes, this video hits a bit different when you learn that JP Morgan was the banking partner for Jeffrey Epstein's operation, <laughs> the largest trafficking case in history. <laughs> so like, so what they, are you talking about? 
JP Morgan has paid $39.3 billion in fines across 272 violations since 2000. That's all CZ, you're doing like, before. Watch. CZ says, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, okay, let's keep moving along. Next one. Learn something wild today. It's now well known that USDT dominates USDC in Africa. But the reason is the compliant nature of USDC causes people to perceive it to be the USA government coin that can be censored, whereas USDT is viewed as the Wild West uncensorable coin. Yeah, I love this. I love this take. And what's interesting about it to me is we in in America and North America, let's say, and maybe even in Europe, I would say, we believe that USDC is the safe asset, right? We're like, this is the one that's good that you want to be into. You don't want to be in Tether. You don't want to be in USDT. There's so much fun about Tether. And then you go outside of the like Western world, you go to Asia, you go to South America, and they all use USDT. And they're like, no, we don't want to use USDC because that's the government coin. That's the one that's like, that's the risky one. And so it's like, it's all about perspective. And you got to understand that in this space, so I think a lot of people don't get and why I love this one so much is like, there are many different perspectives all around the world. And people live in very different scenarios than what you, the person listening to this podcast, live in. And so like, you might think something isn't great or something doesn't make sense, but you got to think about, well, what about people on the other side of the world? Because this is a global industry, right? So we're all using these things. And so you might be afraid of USDT and be like, well, why the heck is this market cap growing so much? And you just got to think, well, of course in the US it's not growing, but in other parts of the world, okay, it is. Even things of like, these Ethereum L2s versus Solana, you who uses the blockchain that like is dinking around with all this stuff, Solana is a better experience for you. Most people won't dink around with the blockchain. They'll just use apps that are built on top of it that abstracts it all away. And so the difference between Solana and L2 is zero for most people in the world. You don't know the difference, right? We have to bridge because we had a, we were early. We have assets on ETH, but most people, they don't have to bridge. They never have to think about it. They don't even know what the hell bridge is. And so your perspective of this is very different than someone else's, which is true of these in terms of dollars and stablecoins. It's true of the way that we're going to use the chain. It's true of many things. And just a really good thing to continuously think of. What I love is when we use technical terms like dink around on chain. Show <laughs> up to Web3 Academy where we bring the technical to you and speak in the layman's terms so you guys get what we're saying. Okay, next up, the last agree, disagree, or explain for today from none other than the president, Joe Biden. He says on Twitter, let me be clear to any corporation that hasn't brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down, it's time to stop the price gouging. Give American consumers a break. So this is the dumbest tweet of 2023 by far. What's funny is this is the president tweeting on X, I guess not called tweeting, but whatever. And there's, you know, how you can do the comments where like, if something is false, then the community on X can like go and say like what's actually true. There's like a little warning underneath of it. So they did that here. And it just says, as long as the inflation rate is positive, prices are still increasing. The fact that inflation has come down to 3.2% in October means that prices are still going up, albeit at a slower rate than before. So what they're saying here, what Joe Biden seems to not understand is inflation is down, but that's the rate of inflation is down. The prices are still inflating, which means that in dollar terms, it's still going up. It's just the amount that it's going up month to month or year to year is going down. But the price of everything still is increasing by 3.2% was the last reading, right? And so he seems to think that the prices of things are actually going down, but it's not that, which is just like, how can the president of the United States not understand that? So complete disagree and just such a laughable world we're in. Okay. So for today, we, we had half agree, half disagree with the 500k price for BTC in the possible super cycle, really because it's just too early to tell, but definitely possible. Definitely possible. Give a little explanation there. We had a strong disagree with Jamie Dimon <laughs> saying that we should shut down crypto and that it's only used by mon money launderers, even though JP Morgan is an active crypto user themselves. And then we had a agree with the perception in different countries around USDT versus USDC. Very interesting to remember how much perception impacts the decisions we made and impacts the narrative. And then obviously a strong disagree with Joe Biden's take on inflation. That's a wrap on today's show. Thanks so much for listening in, everybody. I 
hope you all take the time to watch what is going on in Solana right now and get involved and take advantage of the airdrop season that is happening, not just so that you can farm, but so that you can experience on-chain and get some free money for doing it. Free money it. is the beginning of the bull market. Do you think, let's say you get a thousand bucks now, that's 10,000 by the end of the end of the bull market. And it's not hard to get a thousand bucks. And, and, and this is real. Let's be clear here. Kai just got about $10,000, depending upon the price of Gito, but he got about $10,000 for 10 days of staking Gito. 10 days. He did that 10 days. I got really lucky. That much free money. I, I, I mean, that doesn't always I've been trading out. it in the middle. Throughout this episode, I have another screen and I have been trying to trade my Gito. Not all of it because I... <laughs> But I managed to trade a thousand so far for two thousand bucks. So I got a thousand Gito out for two bucks a pop. So that's pretty cool. I can't get the rest out. I don't know what's going on. I haven't been able to like research and figure it out. I don't know if the Solana chain is down. I don't think it is. I think it's just some issues with the exchanges. Probably not enough liquidity or whatever. But it's been a, a wild little episode here. <laughs> so just me jetting. Sure, make make sure you subscribe to our newsletter if you're not already subscribed because. Today, when you're listening to this, Friday morning, we are putting out a newsletter on how you can take advantage of upcoming airdrops on Solana, what you need to do, what are the airdrops you can take advantage of, because there's more to come. This is just the beginning. Thanks for listening in, everybody. Be an on-chain doer. Get involved. Have yourselves a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.